to episode two of A Pod of Their Own. I'm Emily Anderson. This is my wife. I'm Leslie Ryder. That's Leslie Ryder. Uh, We are wives. We run Galpal Sports, and we also do this podcast, which is about the new Amazon series, A League of Their Own. Uh, Wonderful. I'm not wearing my ring. (laughs) I'm not wearing my ring either. Uh, Are we wives? It's a casual thing. (laughs) There's paperwork. It's filed with the right people. We just do stuff with our hands. I was playing. I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to lose it. That's uh, if it works for Carson, it works for us. Um, How you doing? Mm, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, I, I enjoy revisiting the series again after watching it through a first time. Now I get to do it again. It's it's like bonus watching. It is. And I actually, I really am enjoying watching it through a second time and picking it apart much more. Whereas the first time it was just like, consume. Mm-hmm. Like, I need it. <laughs> give, give it to me. Tell me how it ends. Who are these it, people? What do yeah. they want? <laughs> Who do I like? Do I love them? I don't know. Just that I need closure. And mm, no, uh, won't ever get that. But, you know, what we did get. What did we get? A good second episode. Uh, we did. And now we're going to talk about it. Um, so sure. if you're new here, go back and listen to episode one, you weirdo. Uh, but spoilers are going to happen. Uh, so be prepared for it. Um, anything else I'm missing? Um, we're, we're glad folks are, are, are listening and coming back. Leave us a review, drop a rating, and I just might read your review in an old-timey radio voice. Oh, yeah, she might. She's got a really good old-timey radio voice, and she uses it around the house a lot. And I've told her she needs to use it on the podcast, so fingers crossed. Um, it's, it's out of my hands. Yep, it is. It's, it's in your hands now, folks. Make it happen. Um, we are revisiting the series every week. So this is episode two. We will be back with episode three next week. Uh, but yeah, you want to just dive right into that episode summary? Yes. Let's let us begin. Max and Clance prepare for Clance's housewarming party, but Max has her eye on the prize and asks Gary for an unusual favor. Meanwhile, the Peaches meet their coach, Dove Porter, but stumble through the league's charm school. Carson struggles to find how to react to her new connection with Greta. New connection. New connection. I want that. I want that shirt. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, new connection. Special, special connection between those two. When I when I first had a, a new connection with you, I, I knew it would be something special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, I, you you came to a second location with me, so that's that's pretty. That's pretty not on the first, first date. date. Well, I it guess was we on did. the first date. We did on the first date. Yeah. I mean, it was down the street to another bar, so it's not like a huge second location. It, it counts, though. <laughs> it does count. It was a good time. And the bartender gave us a free pint of beer. It was uh, all good signs. And before that, the other bartender had given us a free shot. It was a heavy drinking Sunday. It was more more than either of us uh, expected, I think. Yeah, we did not plan to drink that much that day. And the next day was uh, the eclipse. Yeah. Boy, did I enjoy getting to stand outside with a box on my head for a bit because I was just like, "Oh, it's dark and quiet in here." And yeah, Emily, you still uh, you still looking at the the sun there, buddy? Yeah. Or? Yep. Yep. Uh, just just taking it all in, man. Just I didn't never... know you love uh, astrology that much. Uh, it's astronomy, but yeah. Um, it's Venice, it's, man. It's We're great. all into both the things here. I get it. I, I, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna stay in my box. I'll talk to you later. And scene. Um, 
It was a good time, but I definitely was happy to get to hide in a box that day. Um, all right. Shall we just walk through the episode? We're getting right into it. Yeah, we, we start off with a, a, a dream sequence of sorts. Max is pitching to Josh Gibson, the greatest hitter of all time. If they, do, uh, they also refer to him as the Black Babe Ruth. That they do. Uh, Josh Gibson of the Homestead Grays. He he hit home runs and he hit them far. How far do we know? Uh, he he was like he racked up like a bunch of five hundred foot home runs. Wow! So it was just like you know, so Aaron yeah, Judge before Aaron far. Judge. Yeah, got it. Um, but he died like tragically young. Uh, he was like thirty six years old, and he died in nineteen forty seven, just before Jackie Robinson's debut. Wow. Yeah. Also, the guy who plays this character, I meant to have this up, is beautiful. He's beautiful. Um, the, they did say his uh, great grandson uh, had a cameo in really oh, in the show. Cool. I wonder if if he played his great grandfather. That would have um, that would be. Very I tried to cool. I tried to pull it up during the scene, but the the X ray vision didn't have. Yeah, it um, doesn't. It's not always great at that. We'll find um, it. Didn't have that. But um, there, right now, there is a, a bit of a campaign to rename the MVP trophy for Major League Baseball for Josh Gibson. That would be cool. Uh, it was right now. It doesn't have a name, but previously it was named for Kennesaw Mountain Landis. That's a terrible former, name. That's that's a name of, of someone who does some evil things. Um, he was the commissioner of baseball when baseball was like, and, and like his directive was like, no black players not happening. Oh, good. Baseball. So yeah. it, that name sounds racist and is racist. Got it. Got yeah. It, got so it. in twenty in twenty twenty, the name was removed, and now the trophy is without name. I mean, I know. That's largely a symbolic move, right? But I feel like that's a good one. We just, we don't need awards named after folks in that, no. in that sense. Especially not guys um, who are like, no, no black players ever. Not like yeah. uh, over my that's dead not, body. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's not a guy we want to name that after, but you know. No. Um, anyway, I couldn't find it on IMDb. I'm in the whole cast and crew. I don't see them. That's bumming me out. We'll find it one day. But Josh Gibson at the bat, Max pitching to him. Did you ever pitch to anyone growing up? Like, or, you know, have anyone shoot? Like, did you imagine any scenarios like that? And if so, who would it have been? Um, It wouldn't have been in baseball. Like, I didn't have that, uh, that closer relationship with it. It, it was definitely like hockey, like, oh, Mark Messier passes her the puck. She shoots, she scores. Nice. Like that was, that was how that oh, So you imagine teammates. Yeah. Okay. But not your opponent necessarily. No, not necessarily. I think, uh, but, I mean, it makes sense for baseball. If, if you're going to be a pitcher, your, oh, absolutely. your showdown is against the best hitter of all time. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's entirely reasonable. Um, and he whiffs. Max, <laughs> and he whiffs. He misses because Max is that good. She knows it. And we go from there into 
for sitting on the bleachers watching the factory team. It's the the tool and die factory. Uh, the team's called the Screws, which is honestly though a great name for a baseball team. I do love it. Yeah, I mean the Lansing Lugnuts are are there for a reason. It's good. <laughs> it's good. Uh, we should name more teams after hardware. Is my takeaway. <laughs> um, yeah. So she goes and talks to the manager and says, "Hey, you need me." Uh, this guy ain't what he used to be, the existing pitcher for the screws. Uh, he's got a tell. He, he does, played he, for a few yeah, years he, in the he major. He puffs out his cheeks whenever he uh, does a curveball. Just like a... <laughs> That's a good spot. I imagine it like uh, in Sound of Music, the, uh, like, the instrument puppet that has the, the uh, <laughs> cheeks that go in and out. He was always my favorite. Yeah. Um, but the manager says, mm, sorry. Like, and he seems nice at first. Like he seems like sympathetic at least. Uh, Cause he's like, you're right. His arm isn't what it used to be, or he does have a tell, but you know, most of these guys are going to the majors or to the Negro leagues. And she's like, I, I know I've been watching them since I was a kid. <laughs> and he says, um, sorry, you can't be on the team unless you're, you know, unless you have a job in the factory, which I'm sorry, if he wanted to close that door, he should have closed it tighter. Uh, <laughs> he left that open for her to walk right on through, just like, and she even says any job at the factory. And he's like, yeah. And it's like, okay, challenge accepted. <laughs> Gonna get a job. <laughs> we don't know a lot about Max yet, I feel like, in terms of what we'll learn even by the end of this episode. But we do know, I think, that if challenged she will step up to yeah she is she is a determined woman that she is uh then we go over to the peaches side of the show for a bit um day one in the locker room trying not trying on their uh their skirt uniforms uh, but maybe it's just for the pictures just it's just for the publicity right the, we get pants after this yeah that's not no. what bev says bev not says what mm, it is today for the pictures but tomorrow you will also be playing in them and they're just like oh nope i just i can't imagine playing baseball in a skirt it's just it's painful like even even with like sliders on like we played in shorts in in high school, and you, really, you get, yeah, you get dug up pretty pretty good. I can't imagine playing anything but pants. It's silly. I still like my go to image in my brain, even though it's a different sport and a different thing. Is like Sid Larue's old picture of her sliding on turf. Mm. It's a nasty like turf burn, but it's like okay that. But now you're in a skirt, mm. and also. It um, there are rocks and sand. How's that feel? Mm, good. Not good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. So yeah, they're not happy about that. Uh, and then in walks Mister um, Mister Alan Baker, who is his own man. He's not his uncle's yes man. And they hit and, that note real hard, didn't they? Yeah, with that character. They did. Um, with, I mean, you know, if you, it, he's he's kind of. Uh, He's, he's that Ira Lowenstein character from from the movie. And, yeah. and there's not it doesn't seem like he has the same degree of competence. No, but he's doing fine. He's, he's great. He's fine. But, he's fine. you know, he's still he's still the he's still the owner's nephew. And he, he's always going to be seen that way unless he tells them no. That's true. I'm my own man. <laughs> uh, he lets them know that their first game is tomorrow. Tomorrow. Like, we haven't even practiced yet, which 
I feel like for, you know, a lot of professional athletes, they would just be like, all right, I guess. But there's some basic game plan stuff. There's some lineup stuff. How do you, you know. How do we play together? Yeah. Some, you need to get to know each other as a group. I have a hard time believing at this point that the Peaches haven't gone out and had a catch, you know, or, you know, at least played on their own a bit after a night at the bar, but. Mm, doesn't seem I'm, like I'm just I'm not confident they all know each other's names at this point and we're talking about a game tomorrow I don't know you're you've been out drinking together you know most of the people's names you've been out sure. drinking together you live in a house together yeah but you know things happen things happen there's there for me I would know most people but there's like two or three people I get confused with each other yeah and you then see, one you know, person you need the name told, game a few rounds which Greta would definitely organize Yes. Yeah. She she had organized the game. She's definitely the group game person. Um, anyway, we're also not just that, hey, uh, we need to practice, but guess who's going to lead you through that practice? Don't worry. You've got a coach. His name is Dove Porter. Woo! Major League Baseball's Dove Porter. <laughs> is he a real person? I, I don't think so. You don't think so? I'm I didn't. I check. didn't look it up. <laughs> Nope. I, I don't think they'd get the rights to that. Nope. All they get is, <laughs> all we got is uh, the actor portraying it, which is yep. Nick Offerman. Now, uh, now how, do you, how do you get that name, Dove Porter? <laughs> well, uh, is that the guy that hit the bird? Yes, the Dove. <laughs> the, the, dove. The, Randy, the Randy Johnson of his time. <laughs> I really love that they snuck that in there. I hope that that is the reason. Like, it wasn't based on an old-timey player or anything. It's literally someone who's just, that's their favorite baseball story, the Randy Johnson hitting <laughs> bird. Which, man, that bird, poof, just gone. <laughs> Never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. Anyway, he's a big enough player that they know of him. So that's mm-hmm. something, right? Um, he played in the majors for three years, I guess. And I think there's some hope from them of like, oh, this guy gets it. This guy's a ball player. He'll see us as ball players. That's exciting. There's potential there. Yeah. And I mean, he kind of gives it to them in, in his first little speech spiel. Like he, he doesn't have that Jimmy Dugan fall down drunk uh, entrance. He's he's like giving a, a stirring locker room speech about making uh, making a mark, and it's like, oh, oh, okay. It's actually a good locker room speech too. Like I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, all right, let's go do this. I want to see the fire in your eyes. It's like yes, yes. They, I have they, that. I have that definitely. I always, I don't know how I feel about scenes where they do like show me your tough face, and then they're kind of like, mm. I feel like it's common in sports movies, and it never lands the laugh you think it's going to. No, it feels more like a character establishy thing of like, <laughs> let's remind you of who all these people are. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I I. I think there's a way to make it funny, and I just don't know if I've seen a good one yet. But anyway, this is this is all right. And it's, um, you know, everyone heads out to the field, and Carson decides to talk to Nick Offerman. Uh, apparently, they're friends in real life, uh, which is pretty sweet, Abby and mm. Nick. And uh, he talks about it on his uh, interview with Sarah Spain on Sarah Spain's podcast, and it's, it's a sweet little story, but... Uh, he's a big baseball fan, so 
Um, but they have a, a little chat, and he's like, "It's it's okay. Don't you don't have to be intimidated." And uh, Carson walks up to him with baseball, and he's like, "What can I do you for?" <laughs> One of those. He does some some close up magic, and she asks for a signature for him because he's one of her dad's favorite players, and. Dad says, or he says, well, maybe your dad will believe this. And I actually think it's sweet that he's writes like Carson Shaw is a professional baseball player, which there's no way he wrote that that fast uh, in in the amount of time he spent signing it. But, you know, yeah, it, it seems nice. Like the yeah, close up magic is a little bit of an eye roll, a little patronizing some some dad energy, but you're not sure if it's good dad energy or bad dad energy. Yet. Mm, chaos, chaos, dad. Just like the kind of jerk dad who's got other reasons to be there. Not yeah. not just a jerk. Anyway, uh, they head out to the first practice. So that's neat. We actually get to see some baseball this episode. Yeah, they, they go they go on the field and they're they're practicing as a team, but they, they have an audience. We have they have uh, Mr. Baker, who's the, the, the head hunter guy, and then Alan Baker, his own man. And mm-hmm. Vivian Hughes, the But we don't uh, know that that's who she is yet. And that's a thing that bothers me because uh, Greta says, I know who that is. And mm-hmm. someone remarks about how rich she looks. And they're like, she looks mm-hmm. like my mom. I'm like, oh, you must be rich. But uh, <laughs> which is a great, uh, a good one. But Greta's just like, I know who that is. But they don't tell us. It <laughs> leaves me being like, but who is she? Anyway, she's great. Um, and yeah, they're uh, reading over the newspaper about about the start of an article about the league and another what's that uh, article called the uh, uh can womanhood survive the rockford peaches mm-hmm. and, I, and, and it's like word for word i think the um the the woman's uh, radio address from the movie is it really i didn't I think realize so. that i would have um, known yeah, it was like the masculinization of women. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what they literally wrote about um, about women's football in the in the twenties. Is they said like the kicking movement is too jerky for women. I was like, bitch, they gave birth. Like, what are you talking about? With like and no. Then they banned it for fifty years. <laughs> and then they, they just said, oh no, you can't use any of the official fields. Which fields are the official fields? All of them. They're all. Yeah, they're sorry. all ours. You can't play. Uh, but yeah, the kicking movement, too jerky. That one always gets me. I'm just like, what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, they're, you know, debating, hey, is this thing going to work? Really? They they are all pretty skeptical so far, I think. Uh, well, they have, they, you know, they're looking at the, the women practicing and, and they're like just commenting on how, how unrefined they are. No, never. Uh... They would never be unrefined. Actually, in this scene, they're fairly mild, if anything. But there's a uh, Joe steps up to bat, and is it Joe? Someone steps up to bat and says, "Well, I'm, stop making us all look bad." And and Lupe replies with, a, "Not my job, honey." Which I really <laughs> like from a I like a pitcher who says, "Like, hey, yeah, no." We start to see a little. Yeah, we start. Well, my job is to make me look good and I'm the pitcher. So hmm. Uh, we never really see that much pitcher competition. And I would like to get into that in season two, I think. Um, Well, Lupe has the signature pitch that Dove is is passing on to her, the the fork ball. 
they do. And he starts to say, like, hey, you're going to have to take an oath. And she gets ready to Boy Scout oath it all the way, which I respect. Uh, but they have a nice little pitcher to pitcher thing going on, I feel like. Like, he's ready to take her under his wing already. His dove wing, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the fork ball. Is the fork ball real? I think so. Like a... It's like a, it's kind of like a splitter. Ball it? grip. Yeah, it is like a splitter. That sounds not fun. Are you, are you impressed by the fork ball? No, not at all. It, a, it's got a bad name. Uh, <laughs> I rate pitches mostly based on their names. That's why I really like a screwball, to be honest. Sure. Uh, was used by Sandy Koufax. I'm looking now. Um, the forkball has been favored by several current and former major league pitchers. Uh, looking for any I recognize, which is Jose the, the legacy of, of Dove Porter ca- Dove carries Porter. on. <laughs> uh, former Hall of Famer Gaylord Perry, which is an amazing name, was arguably the greatest practitioner of the forkball. So uh, <laughs> I understand why they renamed him Dove, because uh, Gaylord Perry's pretty rough. Um, but yeah, it's a split finger or it's, uh, yeah, held between the first two fingers and, uh, differs from a split fingered fastball, uh, in that the ball's jammed deeper between the two Uh. fingers. So is this the gayest pitch they could have picked? Maybe. It sounds like it. It Sounds pretty gay. Uh, really working on finger dexterity. (laughs) Right? Like, hmm, what are we, what are we getting into? Uh, Lupe throws her first fork ball, or no, Dove steps in to throw a fork ball just to demo it, you know, like it's more like this and Carson just rips one, which is, it's really good. Carson, good at hitting. Good at hitting. The other piece I like here is I think if Dove or like if it was Jimmy Dugan, let's say, or another maybe bad coach or coach that we're not sure if we like yet, um, in another sports movie, he wouldn't, he would have gotten defensive about that, about yeah. her, and or would have been like, mm, yeah, not my best, or ooh, old arm, you know, ain't what yeah. it used to be. But he actually compliments, he says, way to get around that one shot, which is, you're like, oh, okay, he can, he, he doesn't have too big of an ego, at least. Yeah, he can, he can give it up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that meant what you meant it to, but I, I suppose that's true, too. We don't know that about Dove Porter, but that's okay. Um, I think that's it for uh, first practice so far. Am I right? Um, at least for as far as we see at this point. Then we get yeah. to Max going to the factory because she she needs a job so she can play baseball. Yeah. He said any job at the factory. She said, all right, I'm going to go to the factory and get a job. Logical. No, there's there's lots of women when she arrives. It looks like they're hiring. There's there's a table. There's she goes a- up to them and and she, she's all right. I want to apply for a job. And uh, turns out both of the women at the desk are named Karen and Karen. Are they really? <laughs> yes. Is that their character names? Oh, that's amazing. And one spelled with a K, one's with a C, right? Yep. Oh, and so and uh, one one Karen says, "No, we're we're not hiring." Um, uh, well, no. First, it was like, uh, "Oh, we're I, out of applications. We don't have any. There's a pile of them right there." Oh, we're not hiring. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't have a pen. And the other Karen's like, "I have one." Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> and that's the thing that I think they do a good job of illustrating is even the one who is maybe more helpful or maybe like unbiased 
eventually by the end, like just sides with the other white woman and just yeah. says, with the other Karen. And it's just like, mm, nope, sorry, we can't. Yeah. You can't have any of this. Very, very easy. Very easy to do the right thing and yep. won't do it. When, when won't do it. And it's an interesting, we get a an opposite of that later. Maybe not an opposite of that, but a nice difference at least. Um, but yeah, I, I love that they named them Karen and Karen. They are, they were great in that scene, to be fair. Um, yeah, Max, Max is denied, but yep. I've, I've, you know, she's not one to back down. <laughs> No, she'll find another way. She'll find uh, a way in. If the fastball isn't working, she'll throw the curve. Like, she's exactly. she's got options. Um, so, fuck you, Karen and Karen, is the takeaway from that scene. And then we head back to practice with the peaches. Um, Carson, Carson's still a little upset about Greta. Uh, I really like this scene. Yeah, and I just think there's very a cold shoulder. <laughs> well, and meanwhile, so, Greta Greta is trying to like impress uh, Miss Vivian. Vivian Hughes, and uh, which we still don't understand why exactly, other than she knows who she is, right? So yeah, okay, but but Greta also walks up with like, "You still giving me the silent treatment? Excuse <laughs> me." She is the one who kissed Carson and then left the bar two minutes later with a random dude. So I think Carson gets to give her the silent treatment and, you know, like, just be like, hey, I'm going to steer clear, which is what she says. She says, listen, I'm just going to focus on baseball, which I think is a healthy response to that whole situation. It is. And then, and, and like, why don't you just leave me alone? But I think... It's weird because I expect Greta to be the more socially adept one. And in this scene, she is not. You you see the holes in whatever her, like, uh, I've got it covered socially presentation is. I mean, you could, one could argue that trying to trying to brush Carson back to back to their their normal repartee um, this could be could be seen as as trying to move the social along she is but also I feel like she doesn't let she also doesn't explain herself right no <laughs> and that's the part that I'm like listen if you re- like have a normal conversation like adult that's bad TV don't get me wrong no one wants to see that Mm-mm. but uh <laughs> In this scenario. If everyone had adult conversations, we wouldn't have television shows. That's why I'm not a TV writer. Um, (laughs) Every time I'm just like, just talk to each other. It'll be fine. Um, But yeah, she's just like, "Mm, I'm just going to focus on it. And anyway, Greta takes a strike. Dove's like, my friend, babe. You know, this is what we, and it's like, like, oh, all right. He's a name dropper. That's that's like, cool. Does it Babe Ruth? Yeah. Mm. Greg is like kind of a lot for a guy who played for like three years. Right. Which to be <laughs> fair, three years, I feel like at this time in the major, I don't know. I don't know. They also impressive like to me. drank nonstop and, and played for, you know, decades. So, yeah, I don't know. I still like three years is enough time to have met Babe, but I wouldn't have called him your friend or whatever. Anyway, no, my dear friend, Babe, <laughs> Babe, just you know, this, is, this is maybe and Greta says like maybe I should just hit the goddamn ball, which I think is <laughs> a good. And what I really like here is Carson coming back up. Well, maybe if you could, like it's just like, whoo, okay, Ooh. 
Carson, you, she's like, I'm just going to focus on baseball, but I'm not going to let you walk all over me, which I appreciate. Um, good for you, buddy. And, and Greta does that. I could if you'd stop talking and then, you know, nothing, nothing good. Very, it's that. very, it's very like six year old, which is uh-huh. great. It is. It's kind of adorable. Um, I could. But it's clear that, you know, that's not just done, right? There's yeah. there's more to happen there, and we're we're building back up to it. But that's it for today uh, at practice, and <laughs> it hasn't been very long. So um, they're just kind of like, oh, okay, and they go back to the house. And uh, who's on the phone? Uh, Carson's sister, Meg. Meg. Ha- yeah, Meg. I think I think Meg. But she does not approve of this whole baseball thing that she's doing. She's embarrassing the family. As like, it turns we out. already have to explain why you don't have children, which is <laughs> and in that she's like, well, not everyone has kids, you know, right after. But she's like, apparently she and Charlie have been married for seven years. Oh, which is that's a long time. That's significant. Yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think that's a nice little hint that I didn't catch the first time. Uh, and, you know, they, uh, yeah, we just, we enjoy each other's company. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they do, uh, I've got a random note here. That's from a a Dove Porter line. I don't know why it ended up back here, but if you don't feel ready, that's exactly what makes you ready, which is very (laughs) funny. Um, but essentially like platitudes, Carson, I think, is getting kind of talked down to. It sounds like an older sister situation, or at least the mm-hmm. the sister that took the chosen path or the the respectable path. <laughs> the good one. The good one. Uh, this is our daughter, Megan. This is our other daughter, Megan's sister. Exactly. Carson is just Megan's sister. And oh, I wish mom were around so you'd be her problem instead of <laughs> or whatever, which is, it's brutal. Wow. But essentially, Carson says to Greta, who is the one who picked up the phone in the first place, because you had to do that back then, uh, and said, Carson's like, hey, can I get some privacy? And uh, Greta leaves her with a book, says, I think you should read this. And... Did you catch what that book was? No. It was A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. <laughs> have you read that? I have not. Hmm. Interesting. Have uh, you? The, I have not. Uh, you gotta like read it. Star Book Club, I guess. Um, that said, it ends on like a, like, you need to tell Charlie where you are. His, his return has been delayed. He's fine, though. Um, and But her sister also drops out, like, unless you're leaving him, are you leaving him? And she's like, no, he knows exactly where I am. I think it's an interesting jump to a conclusion for that time period. Not a lot of people got divorced back then. Uh, so I think it's interesting that she's like, are you leaving him for baseball? Which opens the door to that possibility. Sorry, I was reading the uh, uh, Wikipedia entry for A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Uh, oh. It's a 1943 semi-autobiographical novel written by Betty Smith. The story focuses on an impoverished but aspirational adolescent girl and her family living in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York City during the first two decades of the 20th century. Hmm. Huh. So, you know, it's a new book on the market. Uh, it is. It says it's published in 1943. She went to the yeah. University of Michigan. What up? <laughs> Let's go Wolverines. Go blue. Yep. Uh also she is originally from Brooklyn, so you should uh you guys should talk. I mean, Seven one eight. Yep, I guess so. Um 
I was looking to see if she was gay by any chance, but it doesn't look like it. Um, as a, oh, she got married three times, so mm. really not. But oh, she was an avid bingo player. That's neat. Excellent. Good for you, Betty. Good, Good for, for you, Betty. Betty. Good for you, Betty. Um, anywho, yeah. So she kind of drops the book, but she, yeah. Sister Meg kind of jumps to a "Are you leaving him?" point, which I think is interesting to to drop that early. Well, I mean, given given the events of of the first episode and and the beginning of this one. Yeah, I guess. But like people didn't leave people back then, really. That's true. But I guess if she's already left the, I don't know. (laughs) She's hopped on a train to Chicago. Who who could say what's next? Who could say? Um, we, We move upstairs to where the team is hanging out a bit and they've got their hands on uh, the newspaper article of canned womanhood with stand baseball or whatever the, the topic is. And there are, let's see, mixed levels of optimism. Uh, yeah. Some folks who are definitely doubters and cynics and some folks who aren't. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see um, folks after that. Like, eh, yeah, whatever, it's going to be fine. Which, which cool. It's good to have that level of optimism in in the face of uh, <laughs> of uh, rampant sexism and yeah, and misogyny. <laughs> it is it is tough. Uh, Cheryl's freaking out a little bit. Uh, Just Kate a Berlant, bit. Um, she's kind of awake, middle of the night, lying in the dark, staring. It's like, what if this doesn't work out? This like I can't go home. <laughs> which I hope we get into a bit more. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. The show does remind me a little bit of early Orange is the New Black, where we mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with main characters early on, but then eventually got into other people's backstories. And if we yeah. get a season two, fingers crossed, I hope we get a season two. Better um, get a season two. I would hope we get to go into some of this because Cheryl's one that's interesting and also just Kate Lance a hoot. Um, but yeah, she can't go out. She says, I have nothing. I have a chair and that's not even I have a chair, <laughs> not even mine. It's my mom's chair, my parents chair. Anyway, uh, not not go great. Carson and Greta still prickly. Um, still, still not having a great time with each other. No, uh, Carson drops that. Are you trying to get in my head? Which it's not really clear what remark that's in response to. Mm-hmm. As as Greta leaves the room, but it it's definitely not friendly. Like there's no. Like, what are you talking about? There's some there's some animosity happening. The gir- the girlies are fighting. The girls are fighting. Uh, next we go back to the salon or over to the salon. Tony's Tony's salon. And we uh, we 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 learn a little bit about Tony in in this scene. She's she's doing Max's nails. Tell her telling her how she she didn't want to do she didn't want to work at the salon either. But she ended up getting a, a loan from from the Rockford Savings and Trust uh, because she was pretty sure they thought Tony was a guy. And now she's she's, not now tell. she's built something for her, for herself. Exactly. Um, it looks like Max is kind of pitching in though around the salon and yeah, working on the books she's and still, stuff. She's still doing doing her thing. And that's a thing I like about her is that she's not flippantly, you know, trying to ignore what mom wants yeah. or like it's not There's- that she doesn't think it's a good thing to do. Yeah. It's just not what she wants to do. Yeah. She still has like a sense of duty around it. Yeah, and 
honestly, at this point, she doesn't have another job or anything, so it wouldn't make sense to do anything else. But yeah, she's, I would say, a good sport about it of, hey, at least I've like she knows that not everyone has that, I think, and appreciates yeah. that sincerely. Um, they are talking with the, the shop ladies. Um, <laughs> and one of them mentions that she's wearing the same dress she was wearing the day before. But she had a night and she said, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, you know, she said, she says, no, I, I had a night. And she's like, how long has it been? Cause they're all just like, congrats. <laughs> uh, you know, and she's like, it's been about 35 years, uh, mm-hmm. since that night we went out with that night we went out with birdie. And that is a, a a red flag siren in in Tony's mind. We we do not talk about her sister in this house. Her sister Birdie. Um, her sister Birdie. Uh, so and she starts to get real mad. Why don't you bring, why you bring my sister up in here? We actually missed a part where Mrs. Turner came in with her oh, little yes. girl, Mrs. Uh, Turner. Um, where Tony's clear to take good care of her i think she said before the revival i think she's the preacher's wife is what we're getting at or is at least involved in the church yeah um and tony's like you max you set her up but i'll i'll take care of her so max starts to get her set up and they uh they exchange uh some some glances across the table well i didn't catch uh, this the first time we watched it. i can't believe you missed it (laughs) i mean i was probably doing something else it's the adhd what are you gonna do um especially as i watch the show i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that everyone has has uh excellent chemistry and uh i will speculate whether or not they're gay that's the thing though for me i'm like okay we've already had some gay surely we can't have more like Why? that's how they've already low... given us one <laughs> that's my that's my expectation that's literally what i thought about abby and or greta and oh. and carson is i was like well they can't have both of them be gay the show would be too yeah, gay then no studio gay. would give us that. but uh bless bless our our little gay hearts they they got us that so bless. yeah i'm not looking for any more gay my bar is low um always seeking gay surely there can't be more but there was it was just like well i know about all the gay we've seen it all it's two of them great that's more than i was expecting too gay too gay uh anyway clance comes in breaks up the tension after birdie's mentioned and uh you know wants her hair done like lena horn which is real sweet uh because guess what clance is having a crab boil she is she's she had her wedding and now it's time for the housewarming and she said crab boil so she needs crabs that's true and she said that the in-laws said if the crab isn't good they're headed straight back to louisiana so she feels this is no pressure (laughs) the whole all the ladies in the salon are like you know the marriage sets you up as a couple but the housewarming sets you up to the community and i was like oh that's a lot of pressure we should have a housewarming because we didn't do that we still haven't really had we had we we had a marriage we did not have a wedding (laughs) we don't do ceremonies in this house uh, neither of us is wearing our rings, guys. I promise, I love her. Like we, lo- we love each book, other very much. But we're just—I don't know. We feel very we're, secure. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Maybe, maybe too much. I don't know. 
I, I know where my ring is. Does that count? Which is yeah, I know where it is. <laughs> great for ADHD. That's a win. Uh, anyway, the crab boil important. She's got all these errands to run to get ready for the housewarming, which is tonight. It seems. Yeah. No, uh, time, time is money right now. And so uh, Max is ready to help. And there, yeah, Clint's, Clint's has a lot to do. She's she's got to get she's got to get the crab. She's got to get her new dress. She's Harry Winkle get a, dress. A, a phonograph for for music, and um, you know, time's ticking. Time's ticking. So uh, yeah, we yeah, you can borrow Dad's truck, which is nice of Tony and and the girls. Are, Thank you and peace, mom. <laughs> uh-huh. And and off they go, which is a nice like balance though, because I think even though. Tony like wants her to take over the business and is, you know, like teach like I think she's pretty proud of the the woman her daughter has become, but you're still her daughter. You're still like, Yeah, can I borrow dad's truck? <laughs> can I mom? Can I? Can I? Can I can I? And uh off they run. Uh and the the you see what she did to me from, from Tony after that was Yeah. Was some good some good momming. It was. It was. Oh, she's great. And they, they go to the fish guy, they go to pick up the, the crab. Also just wanna say, this is the longest time we've spent in Max's world the whole time. Yeah, uh, the longest continuous amount of time, and it's nice. I like I like that we're spending time here and getting to know, getting to know where things are at. Uh, but yeah, we run into the crab guy, and uh, what happens there in my life? Uh, well, uh, Clint opens up her her box from the fish guy, and it is not crab; it is prawn, and that is something entirely different. I don't know if I've ever heard the word prawn in Illinois or in like the Midwest. I don't think I learned it until I went outside of here i think we would just say shrimp yeah i i do wonder when that like changed over or maybe it was early and we switch anyway uh it's like no we have shrimp yeah we have shrimp we have crawfish uh some people say crayfish different but like same thing but yeah um tiny lobsters tiny lobsters that live in rivers and creeks um but yeah they he's got prawns the he accidentally gave the crate away to the wrong guy Gave to Mr. Beaumont, who's who's just over there, but he's. You I know, he's, do not understand in this scene why <laughs> Max doesn't just put down the crate and go get that guy because I don't know if it's the camera shot because it makes it look like the guy is just over there, just yeah. Just over it there. does. It, it does look like he's quite close the way the way they shot and it. And they're like, "Oh, we should take these," and I'm like, "The the fish guy isn't going anywhere. Leave him with him. It's his mistake." Yeah. He has to stay there, but Max is fast and athletic. Go, yeah. Why don't Max get it? I don't know. Anyway, that that part annoyed me a little bit from a practicality standpoint. Um, also, that the fish guy didn't seem too bothered. Uh, he <laughs> he needed to be more bothered. Um, well, you know, it's bought and paid for, so <laughs> I guess. Uh, you ever want me to come back? I guess like there probably aren't that many seafood guys in Rockford, Illinois, huh? Um, not 1943. Not I would bet we've been there once. I bet there's not a lot now. Maybe three. <laughs> I would I'd put max of three. Uh, the, in the hubbub of trying to figure out what to do, they spill the prawns, the crate of prawns on the ground. Does not matter. I was gonna say I don't think it matters. I mean, it's they're frozen. Uh, they're gonna get boiled anyway. Five second roll, just scoop it up, put it back in the truck. Where do you think they came from? They came from yeah, nature. They came, like they came from they're nature. not. There's no way they're cleaned already. Like, yeah. mm, just 
You'll be boil. fine. Yeah. They later call them floor prawns. And I was like, eh, I think they're <laughs> fine. No one can tell. Might be a piece of grass here or there, but who's to say where that came from? But if, if they chased after Mr. Beaumont, Max wouldn't have seen Gary recruiting for the screw mill. The the tool and die factory, if you Sorry. Will. The screw. The, the, they make screws, but there's also other stuff. There is. <gasps> I have the hiccups now. Um... They see she Gary. wants to apply. He, yep. he can't take her application because they won't hire black women, which... <laughs> Thanks, racism. Yeah, neat. Uh, everyone else, but not you. Uh, cool, 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 cool. But, uh, you know, Max pulling pulling ideas from her mom, who got that got that loan with the name Tony, says, hey, what if, what if you just put me down as Max and not Maxine? You like how, do how are how are you to know that I was that I was not was not, not a max? There were so many applicants. There's no way of knowing. Yeah, and it's like how what if I get in trouble? Which is fair. Like fair question. she's kind of but yeah, she's right. Like just pretend like you you didn't see me. There were just a lot of applicants, and yeah. you know we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, next thing we know, Clance's threatening to drive off because she's got places to be. She got stuff she's got a dress to pick up and a phonograph and and now she's got to chase down her her crabs. Yeah. Uh, it's not crabs, it's crab uh, first of all, which is, is what Clint says early on, but then uh, <laughs> she she falters by the end of it. Um, back over with the peaches. What are we up to today? Uh, well, before the game, by the way. Before the game. <laughs> Oh, I'm getting a I'm getting a, a FaceTime call from a spam number. I should I should say oh. no to that. Or you should take it live on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, the peaches funny. are going to charm school, which is you know just just like the movie. They they had to become ladies before yes, they stepped they have to make you presentable, right? Yeah, uh, there are five face shapes, only one of which is naturally beautiful. I think she says, which is <laughs> something. Like, yeah, an incredible line. Um, I didn't I didn't want to think too yeah, far like into that. It's science, darling. Yeah, uh, obviously. Just a touch of eugenics to, to say. I was just saying, definitely the, yeah, not so. racism in eugenics. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. fine. Um. They are kind of reviewing the girls, and we get a nice overhead shot of we've got two Semitic, which is a fun one. We've got ah. vampire teeth. Uh, <laughs> we've got Carson with farm hands and a farm face, which I really like both. <laughs> that they just hit that twice. They that talk is- about Greta, and she's lovely. She's mm-hmm. got great eyebrows, and her hair has volume, and so she's she's hitting her target. She gets, she gets sure. the pass. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got uh, the team at this point going forward on and off the field needs to um, embody all American values, the board's approval, and my uncle's taste, I think, is part of it, which is yeah, real specific and uh, upsetting, if I'm so, being honest. Be, be a lady. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got... Uh, character named Connolly who's doing a bunch of fun stuff uh yeah, talking about your, like, uh, trumpets 
You you were saying you were uh, you were starting to get attached to this character. <laughs> I was. I was so sad because I liked her. She was having fun. She was a, a crumpet in my like. She was doing accents and she's doing silly. bits. <laughs> yeah, and then she they they're having them all walk forward down the line, kind of like you're doing Foursquare in PE in elementary school. Did you have to do four or not Foursquare? Uh, square dancing. No, we never did dancing in PE. Oh, we had to do square dancing in PE in elementary school. That was a unit we did was square dancing and we were at like nine years old where like you don't want to touch a boy at all no one does it's just no yeah there was no dancing at our school (laughs) oh well brooklyn sounds nice uh (laughs) indiana on the other hand square dancing for days but yeah so they're walking down kind of the line of everyone and having to to float gracefully uh a little princess diaries-esque if you will um and they they kind of corner Connolly and say, mm, "Nope, you're up. Sorry, mm, not you." And she's kind of having a goofy time with it. She's not. Taking she was. It she was. She was not taking it seriously. And and uh, Vivian had had dropped the the gem of if you want access to their world, this is the price of admission. And uh, you know she she like lists off all the things that she's gotten to do because she bought into this. And yeah. He's like, all right, I get it. Yes, Connolly's like, I do it the way you want me to. And they're like, "Mm, I don't don't think you can, sweetie, Uh, which is that that one hurts. And then you we've got Carson and Greta talking. Carson's like, you know, having fun with it and being a little silly. And Greta's taking it very seriously. Like, no, we're doing this so we don't look like a bunch of queers is is the line. And who? buddy unfortunately she's correct that's she exactly is. why we're doing this um were you ever worried growing up about looking gay doing sports um yeah i'd say so uh homophobia was a big part of my my sporting career as a young person playing was ice hockey in long island yeah yeah i mean it was the the common like the the way to like put down the other team is is to call them a bunch of dykes like that's oh, yes yeah, that's how you that's how you you got by. And which is yeah. funny now, because if you told me now that another team was a bunch of dykes, I'd be like, fuck, they're going to kill us like they're yeah. going <laughs> to kick our asses. Uh, yeah, it's funny because like in sports, it it's very much like a social put down, not a skill put down. Yeah. Which is weird. For, yeah. For it's, sports. It's, well, yeah, where it's just like you, 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 you know, take this too seriously must must be a dyke like that's yeah. been the what i've that's the feedback i've gotten oh uh did you take it too seriously um i i probably would have done better with my hockey career if i did oh fair i was gonna say look at how it turned out because you did and you are you you are gay i'm I'm a, I'm a pretty pretty big dyke so let's... there you go they were right about me you go damn it if only i had listened i might have realized it sooner Um, i could be married to my husband charlie for seven years and have no children no children in the 40s um there's a war okay uh anyway jess is up next uh walking up the aisle and they start to pull her and say "Mm, sorry honey and greta and carson dive in to to save her and they say no 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 She's yeah, helping, she was us helping us with our, our makeup, so she didn't have time. That's um, 
That's on us. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And it does make you feel a little bad for Connolly of like, why didn't you guys jump in for her, man? Like, <laughs> is she just not that good and you were okay with losing her? You just didn't realize it fast enough? What, what yeah. happened there? Yeah. Anyway, they make her go take care of Jess and get her makeup done and kind of kind of usher them aside. But Jess gets to stay, which is good. Just good. They're, they're going to need Jess. Yeah. And now we go back to Operation Crab Boil. <laughs> it's uh it's it's getting getting to a, a hot point. They they found the address. The They're the there. boils getting to a hot point? Yes. Okay, cool. Is that about a hundred <laughs> degrees? About a hundred degrees Celsius. Uh sure. two hundred and twelve yeah. degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, look at you, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I did science. <laughs> Uh, they get to the address and surprise it's funeral (laughs) we touch on a thing here that like max does not like dead people i don't know what it is but she's just like you know like she's like sweating in this place which you know pre-ac uh and it's a hot room and whatever but she's just like "Mm, you know how i feel about dead people don't i don't want to do it i don't want to do it Clance is hopeful. She she thinks that there's still time to just just swap out that that box of prawns for a box of crab. And she gets into the kitchen and she there it's not in the fridge, it's not on the table. There's pot boiling on the stove. What's inside? It's crab. They got there fast given they weren't that far ahead. Like they, you know, the guy picking up the crab was cutting it close at the start of the funeral. You know, I mean, you know, you have the funeral and then you have the reception after. So, you know, it's... it's He's already been there. Put him in the pot. Yeah, it's it's fresh crab. You gotta gotta take care of it. I guess, but yeah, Clint finds the crab, cries, sobs. (laughs) (laughs) Does the hugs a stranger in the the kitchen. (laughs) I know, honey. I I I know. (laughs) Which is, it is great. That's That's good. That's really good. They they kind of call it quits there, and then you know they they have to go to Schwartz. They have well, she's she's got she's got one. The t- time is running out for Clance. She can either either pick up her dress or she can get crab. Yep, and and she's decided she's got to get crab, but there's only one place left to go, and uh, it's, uh, it's the outlook is not is not looking good. Uh, yeah. They, they have to go to Schwartz, which uh, you get a, an impression that it's not a good place. Uh, it doesn't seem like a place where they're welcome. My mama doesn't even go there, is I believe yes. the line. And yeah, they, they pull up and they kind of go inside and there is a reminder of, remember, we're allowed here by law, which is not a feeling Oof. you want to feel going into anywhere. But I think no. an important is, do you, do you want to remind them? Because I don't think they know that we're allowed here uh, is, is kind of indicative of the looks they're getting. Mm. And they are blatantly ignoring clients. Yeah. And it's like no one else at the counter. Literally all the time in the world. Nope, nothing. Nope. The guy hears her very clearly yeah. and just nothing. And so Clance goes back to the car and is kind of losing her losing her shit a little bit. She's this means a lot to her. Yeah. And she she already drew all the little crab on the invitation. So that's the part that got me. Of, she can't go back now. She, she's like, no, there's 
stupid crabs all over the invitations. Yeah, I feel stupid. It, yeah, she she cares a lot about this, but Max Max hears this and pulls up her friend Britches and says, "I'm going back in, doing it. Here I go." Uh, and Clance kind of tries to stop her, but she knows better. Um, <laughs> she knows she's not going to succeed. <laughs> no, she learned by now to just let it happen, right? And I was like, also, if Clance is struggling and Max wants to help fix it, go for it, Max. Go for it. Um, the peaches are making their way to the ballpark. I don't know why Just they're walking. Going for, a, going for a walk. <laughs> but I do like that the words, worlds, the words, the worlds intersect here a little bit. And yeah. Cheryl gives us a, a, like, hey, I've actually got to run to the market. I've got really specific dietary instru- restrictions, which is excellent. And then yeah, she goes, out. <laughs> I actually just realized I've never been alone in public before, which is one of my favorite lines <laughs> of the show. <laughs> it's probably us. true for a lot of people at yeah, that time. They, they, like, ladies did not go unescorted in public. That's, that's not how it you went. You need a chaperone. Yeah. Ugh, poor Cheryl. Anyway, uh, Carson agrees to go with her to the market. And who do they run into at that that Schwartz market? Well, you know, it just so happens that they walk into the very same market where Max was trying to buy a, a bushel of clams. A whole bushel. An entire bushel. Just like a basket, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what a bushel is technically, but uh, you're supposed to... <laughs> you ever have, uh, like, the notebooks with the, in the on the back of the notebook? They had, like, just, like, that table, all those tables of, like, measurements. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are fun. I always liked reading those. I was thinking uh, the um, this little light of mine. One of the lines is hide it under a bushel. No, <laughs> I'm gonna let it shine. Just a curious one. I'm sure I could do a whole Wikipedia dive on that. Anyway, the counter guy is helping Cheryl right away. <laughs> Immediately. There's a, a fun convo about botulism and canned fish and can't you can't trust canned fish. I'm also very curious what Cheryl's doing getting fresh fish on the way to the ballpark. I have questions. I think she's just getting some tuna. Yeah, what are you gonna do with it? You're gonna eat it. She's that's her, you know. Raw she, tuna? Like, you think Cheryl's eating raw fish? Well, you know, she's uh No way in hell Cheryl's eating it's raw like fish. It's like prepared tuna instead of canned tuna. It's uh, you know, she gets her tuna fish uh you know, it's like pre-tuna salad tuna. Yeah, I think that's still, I think that's still canned tuna. Does anyone make that with fresh tuna? I don't know. Uh, Carson runs into Max, uh, sees her. Marx does kind of like a, hey, I was... Uh, just wants to be clear about uh, that uh, that thing she saw. Um, just, um, you know. You didn't see anything, really? Like, I'm totally normal and not gay, just wanted that to be clear. Definitely not there. gay. Max, I don't know if you're getting gay vibes, but no, you weren't. Max does not give a shit, to be honest. No. Does not care <laughs> why, but the counter guy's like, hey, how can I help you to Carson? Not thinking she's a Cheryl or that she needs something else. No. Max pipes up with that. Actually, I was here first, right? And Carson was like, yep, yep, yeah, she was <laughs> yep, here yep, first. Yep. And now this guy, you know, confronted with this, has no choice but to serve Max, which is uh, 
That's good, but it, that's that kind of like contradiction I was talking about between the Karens of mm-hmm. given an opportunity, Carson's like, yeah, yeah, no, she's yeah, yeah, here yeah. first. Like it took a little prompting more than it should have. But it's but, like this. This is this is what we need to do. Just yeah. support this <laughs> <be> supportive. <laughs> this person is saying they need to place an order. Help her place her order. That is all. Um, Just help her out. Yeah. Um, anyway. Max gets the crab. Mission accomplished? Question mark. I think I think half of mission accomplished at least. The, there's a big part there. The invitations have been saved. Yeah. And there will be crab at this party. There will be crab at this party. There's crab on the invitations. We're not letting anyone down. We're we're good. And, um, and they're they're rushing home. Clance, uh, Clance gets there and uh, she's she's met with the Stoop Kids. Who... The Stoop Kids, I also made an, I literally put in all caps, Clance, Stoop Kids. They are my favorite. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> the greatest antagonistic relationship in the show. It was like, you're not invited to my party. Like, I know, I just need to show up to make sure it was lame and it is. <laughs> Which is brutal, to be honest. <laughs> that kid is, mm, he's got jokes. And then on top of that, then he's, she's like, is that my, my Superman comic? So like, they do have stuff in common. These little kids is yeah. that they both love comics and mm-hmm. they, they tend to steal hers. It sounds like, and it's like, no, you can't have that after you got peanut butter all over my Superman. It's like sticky kids, sticky finger kids, <laughs> sticky fingered stoop kids and clients. Uh, it is truly a great antagonistic relationship. It's so good. Uh, Clance kind of gets back with a like, we're here, we're back. Uh, there's crab. Don't worry. There's crab. Disheveled, uh, holding a knife. Disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of waving a knife around a bit. Waving a knife around <laughs> and, and frantic. Guy is really great though here. He really is. He's so sweet. And Clance is trying to figure out a dress situation and get herself put together. And, and Guy kind of, he stops uh max actually and says hey you know i i got this one uh can you get the crabs i appreciate that he says hey can you do this i got this one mm-hmm. um and he picks out a dress for her, which is real sweet and it's a really pretty dress uh mm-hmm. print, but it's like the orange with the blue flowers i think on it um but it's great and he's like i, I love think we love great we song. love a man who can pick out a dress he, he can he picks it out for the right occasion and he also says i think you'd look great in this which is like Hey, it doesn't matter. We're not even thinking about that periwinkle dress anymore. This is, you're going to look great in this one. And I don't care. Like, I'm just glad you're here. That's real sweet. So sweet. That's very sweet. Uh, leaving leaving that out on sweet, smiley sentiments. Uh, we go over to the ball game. The first Peaches ball game versus it's the happening. South Bend Blue Sox. It's it's happening. They're They're doing the very first game. And, of course... For the very first game, they have their very first heckler, and it is rough. It is rough. He is gross. Uh, I uh, He does a what's your bra size. Um, Greta tries to, like, shake it off. And, and you'd think, honestly, if anyone could handle this gracefully, it would be Greta, but it rattles her. It gets it does. it. Uh, he does, he throws out a just keep your eyes on my balls, which is mm, <sighs> gross. Um, and kind of like, hey, like I think there's an interesting piece here too of no one in the crowd says anything to the guy. Yeah, no, just let him fly free. Yeah, no, he's just a gross, weird guy in the 
in in the crowd yelling nonsense. Uh, don't don't really get it. Joe comes up to bat. Uh, like she may be quiet, but she carries a big stick. Was like the announcer's intro, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, and the guy from the crowd says, "Maybe if you lost a few pounds, at least we'd have something nice to look at." Which is messed up Whoa. in that, so that many sets ways. Greta off. <laughs> That's the one. And here's what I'm gonna say. Back to the first episode. Greta is especially protective of Joe. Greta, here, like, this is the thing. You can say whatever you want to Greta, but when you come for Joe, that's when she's going to lose it. You get, you get the Greta horn. You do. That's that's what's going to be. I'm just saying that it's a sensitive spot, and I want to get to their origin story. I want I want to know their youth growing up together, running around New York. I would watch <laughs> that show alone. Um, she tries to kind of get back at him, but Bev Bev steps in. He's he's a paying customer. He, we can't we can't antagonize our our paying customers, can we? These are the people you want to bring in. Unfortunately, these people, <laughs> these people. And uh, Dove says something about a weird fishing analogy that only Jess nods at, which I really love. Um, <laughs> and and Dove kind of goes and has a, a quick word with the heckler. Uh, and then a word after the game, which is yeah. Vivian, Vivian comes down to the dugout and uh, is like, we're, you know, the the board has been talking, and we've all decided that you you need to do less, like just less. And says that specifically to Greta. To Greta, which is that's brutal, honestly. Yeah. Um, Greta obviously admires her and is you know wants to show off, and so to get that direct feedback. After also being, um, I don't know, like heckled like that. Heckled is not strong enough. Harassed. Yeah. Like, like you, want, you want some support. Yeah. Especially from a woman you want to admire or respect. And yeah. instead you get, hey, actually, you know, just you can do better here. Yeah. Just be smaller. Actually, you're the problem, not, not yeah. the creepy guy, which, oh, that's a, it's a bummer. Um yeah that one that one hurts uh we go back to the crab boil well first the there's the we get like kind of an insight into how dove really feels about where he when he's talking to heckler he's like it's a lot easier if you think of it as a joke (laughs) yeah and, Which is just and, like okay, you're you're not you you, you def we're confirming that you're you're a butthead. Okay, yeah. we're and <laughs> we're aligned on that. Like, I'm not a magician, and like I'm just here to get back on the map. So he's trying to, you know, he's he's, he's, he's aiming, he's he's gunning for for another job. Does uh, Phil Neville ring any bells? Phil Neville's situation there. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the English women's football team, for a lot of good reasons, I'm I'm sure. Because why would you be? But uh, they recently had a coach named Phil Neville, who is a a men's player who just really seemed like he had other places he wanted to be, and and clearly was gunning for a job in in the men's league and guess what he didn't do a good job and then they got a new coach and they won the euros so um yeah dove reminds me of phil levels it turned out well for them after after he left so we'll see how it goes for the peaches it sure did um so dove signs ball for the the heckler shithead and then we go carson sees all this and is pretty defeated and we we go back to the crab boil 
for happier news. It's it's turned out to be quite the success. Hooray! Good crab get, oil. We got uh, the uh, the Chapmans arriving, and and Tony compliments Clamps on her excellent crab oil. Uh, I think she called it the best she's ever been at. So that's that's good right. grace. That's uh, there's a line that I think. Um, oh, I gotta find it. My notes. Where to go? Um, that just says. Oh yeah, I haven't had a boil this good in so long. And Clint says it that that's good. Your mom, Tony, gave me a compliment. That means I hit a home run. And I like her trying to translate that into like Max's language, even <laughs> though Max understands. I'm sure the weight of her mother's compliment, but I don't think we've hit this nail on the head hard enough early enough that Clance doesn't really have a mother figure of her own. Um, so I think Tony's remarks to Clance mean a lot to her. Yeah. Um, and then her parents also compliment Max in that dress it is a yellow dress. It is a good look for Max. It's a good dress. Um, and her parents say, look at her. We made that. They're like, <laughs> Which is real cute. It's a real cute parent moment. <laughs> We did that. And then uh, Max is dancing with Gary uh, at at the crab boil. And she kind of asks him again about putting her name on the list for the factory. He does. uh, That's that's not the only reason you want to dance, though, is it? She's like, no, that's not the only reason. No, that's not it. Mom gives an approving glance. Yeah, mom mom saw her dancing with Gary. Yeah. Uh, Gary seems like a nice guy. He He does. He's he's nice. He's well-mating. But, yeah, he's... Yeah, I still... We're not buying it. But also, we've seen other things by now. We have. Uh, But we're not there there yet. We're still... We're back in the locker room after the We're back in the locker room. Devastating loss. And Greta's the last one left. She's not having a great time. Um, wow, she's really taken it to heart. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I expected her to take take the loss this hard. I don't think it's the loss. I think it's the heckle and and the Vivian of it all. For the loss. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all, you don't mean the all inclusive loss. <laughs> oh, okay. Big L loss. Got it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I again feel like someone like Greta would hide her crying and wouldn't have done it if she thought anyone else was still there uh but yeah Carson's still there walks in on her crying um they Carson kind of says like you get to want things I think and I think that's okay which ooh, that that's a Whoa. thing too many of us need to hear right <laughs> to the phone Carson yep right right in there uh I'm gonna blame oh. Abby Jacobson for that one specifically Damn it. I think that's that's right from there and Carson does a I really need this to be real and you know Greta's like, who who says it isn't? She's like, you're the one talking about like this league isn't going to last that long. Like, understand the message you're putting out there, bud. Uh, and and Greta says, like, listen, they might get to say how long this lasts, what the dress like, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> All else. the things they make them do. Yeah, but they don't get to tell us whether or not this is real. And that's it's a real sweet that's a real <laughs> sweet moment. And, Look at them talking to each other again. Oh, thank goodness. But also, like, I don't think Greta realizes as a character, like, or as a a person, how much influence she has on everyone around her. 
So like when Greta says like, mm, this isn't even going to lie, like people listen, hmm. she's got, she's got some team captain energy. I don't think she had like, you know, people, people rally. She can get a crowd going, you know, uh, if Greta starts the wave, you're going to do the wave. Yeah. I'm going to do the wave if Greta starts the wave. So if Greta thinks the league won't even last two weeks, like that's going to get in your head a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I see it. You know, uh, anyway, it ends on a cute little tear wipe away, which is, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, not only are they talking again, but we got, we got cute little touches. No, it's just little gentle touches. Yep. And then speaking of gentle touches, we, <laughs> Max, we, uh, Max yeah. is leaving her room. It's, it's late at night. She's uh, leaving she's, the house. She's left the house and she's going to the salon. And it's after dark. Who shows up at the salon but Mrs. Turner? Mrs. Turner, the preacher's wife? The Question preacher's mark? wife. No uh, kid in tow this time. Nope, she did not bring her kid to this. And Vicky's. I, I have her. Meets her lesbianing ensues, is my notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so boy, that, that opens a lot. And there's a lot to end an episode on. Well, yeah. well done, writers. Um, yeah, that's. That's quite good. It's a good episode, though. I really like this one yeah. as just like it's a tight package. It's not covering nearly as much ground. We're in the course of one and a half days, basically. Uh, and it's yeah, it's a fun one. Yeah. And I, I, I like that we get to learn a bit more about Max's world and and the folks who are in it and uh, just, yeah, just live there for a bit. Yeah. Um, we, we've got a segment that we're calling Mule. Nag, uh, and that is for callbacks to the original. Um, Carmen Phillips over at Auto Straddle, shout out to Auto Straddle and everyone over there, um, has done uh, references to the original se- or to the original movie. Compiled all of them in one place. Has an amazing notebook full of things. Um, but, <laughs> so would strongly recommend looking at that. But uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, this ones? this episode we've we've got you know. Formerly famous uh, baseball men who are coaching, which which we've we've uh, we've mentioned. We've got Carson and Dottie are both catchers, yes. which I mean that's a that's a first episode, but you know that's <laughs> uh, the beauty makeover slash charm school scene in its entirety. Yeah. Um, but uh, as she writes, but damn, do I love what the television series does with it and the commentary it makes about queerness in passing, which yeah. is is a pretty pretty not tough but it's 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 a moment that that uh you recognize did you ever have friends do makeovers on you um no i never had like uh i mean my sister would always do my hair for special occasions like you know you have a lot of hair though you need someone i do do yeah i do i do have a lot of hair um but yeah no i was i was never uh subjected to uh makeovers but I mean, most most of college was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to wear this stupid top and go to this party. Yep. Um, yeah. A lot of like, why am I at this bar? Like, why am I wearing a skirt? I'm cold. There's a, a lot of it, too. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, by, by my senior year, my friend Jen Keefe and I were we would just watch Saturday Night Live <laughs> instead, oh, and it's like surprise, awesome. we're both we're both gay. That's that's Aww, how that turns out. Lovely. Oh, <laughs> that's great. I uh, yeah, I didn't have a gay roommate. I don't think no, I didn't. But that's okay. Uh, roommate Amy was great, and uh, she liked baseball and pinball. So you know, we we had plenty in common. Uh, 
Anywho, yeah, that scene brings back some like old formal and like prom type feelings mm-hmm. of like so much dress shopping of just like just don't like, like these people being like I love that dress on you and yeah like, I guess yeah I got to a point where it's just like I like I scientifically understand why this dress works on me but I still don't want to wear it <laughs> and like even though and I think Lupe is a good character for this. Lupe and Jess both are kind of of like, you can put me in feminine clothes. You can do my hair. You can put makeup on me. I still am not comfortable or like, and you can see that you can see that this isn't the right fit. And I think there was a, a, I appreciated that note a lot. Um, Anyway, that was, yeah, that one caught my eye very quickly of like, "Mm, nope, that's, Mm. We we don't look right in dresses. It's not. It's like when you when you try to put clothes on a cat. Like it's. It I don't know what you're talking about. I put a, a hoodie on my old cat Merle, and it was great. He Shout loved it. He hated it. Rest in the most piece, Merle. Oh, he's a good guy. Um, back to the the callbacks. We get a uh, farm girl references. Carson's actually called a farm girl right from episode one, uh, and she's not from a farm, but. Dottie and um, Dottie and Kit are both from an ordinary dairy famously farm. dairy dairy farmers. I mean, milking a cow <laughs> early on. So yeah, uh, I feel like there might have been some more callbacks, but I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, anyway, there have been. This is a really good compilation of some. So yeah. strongly recommend yeah. going and having a look. Uh, we'll try to keep calling them out though. And what's your favorite uh, one? Do you my have a favorite, favorite one? one? Um, I mean, I just, I like seeing the introduction of the coach and I like seeing it being in, entirely different from, from the movie. Yeah. I think you and I talked about this after watching it through the first time that we liked that the coach wasn't your traditional shitty guy coach. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you have some, like, he doesn't seem like a bad guy at the jump or like not overtly drunk or whatever. Yeah. And just like being held up by whatever there's some hope here but i think that's true in coaches that are bad more often is that it's more nuanced than overt and here to get that right like like dare 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 we say in the beginning we're kind of like oh he he actually might be good and you know he kind of reveals himself a bit more by the end of the episode but yeah i i like how they they kind of gave us that hope of oh a good man coach yeah, and also Nick Offerman's great. I just, yeah, I'm glad he's here. A clean-shaven Nick Offerman. Yeah, isn't that weird? It is weird. It's a bit weird. A bit weird. Still used to him with a beard. Uh, shout out to Nick Offerman for his inspiration. Me building a workbench this weekend. Um, <laughs> all right, I think that's it for this episode. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's all we got. That's all we got. Um, but don't don't us. despair. We'll we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. It seems like we put this podcast out when we say we're going to so far, which is progress. Uh, uh, Hey, we're the masters of our own destiny. That's how that That works. Um, So we will be recording another one for next Tuesday. But this one you can enjoy anywhere where you get podcasts, which you already know because you're listening to it. Uh, And you can find us individually on the internets. I'm at EMC Anderson. My wife, Leslie Ryder, is at Ryder Really. Uh, You can find us together at Galpal Sports on all the things. Um, 
And, and you, can, you so. can find pictures of our whiny dogs on our Instagram page. Oh, yeah. We can hear them now. They're calling. <laughs> They're like, guys, are you done yet? They were they were mostly quiet, though. They did pretty good. They did pretty good. They were pretty they good. Are, they're uh, sad babies when we're not around. <laughs> check out my Twitter for a picture of the big one standing on the coffee table. It's uh, he's a, where he goes. It's where he goes. He thinks it's normal. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, batter up. Uh, hear, hear that call. Hear that call. There we go. Uh, see you later. <laughs>